We have a lot of respect for people who practice different religions, and our purpose with this podcast is to simply identify and deconstruct problematic evangelical ideologies. Oh, hi there. I'm Candice. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It seems like it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Welcome to Adventures in Ideology. This is a show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey created by Focus on the Family in 1986. Um, This show is still running today. And if you were raised evangelical, you're probably familiar with it. If you were not, this is going to be a wild ride. Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children and reinforcing Christian values and teaching inside people's homes. And it was and is highly effective at that. We listened to and loved the show growing up, and now we're listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct the problematic ideas that are being seeded into children's minds. We also examine how these ideas played out in our own lives and we're very excited that you're here welcome hey guys welcome to today's episode uh i'm karis and i'm candace and today we are excited to welcome back our special guest john john say something (laughs) yeah uh thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be back on the podcast it is currently my favorite podcast so i feel very honored to be a guest Mm -hmm. I yes. feel very flattered that it's your favorite podcast. Also, <laughs> yeah, me too. John is our brother, so it's a sibling reunion. Yay. Virtually. Virtual sibling reunion. Today we're talking about the episode Family Vacation, so we thought it would be good if we had our family. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> our siblings. Sans one sibling, but... We don't talk okay. about him. Paris, do you want to give us a little overview of the episode? Yeah. It I'll was a two-parter, to... so it's pretty long. I think we can talk about it in pretty vague, just like kind of the highlights. And then if there was yeah. any specific conversations that stood out to you, maybe. Just to put it out there, I did not re-listen to this episode before this. I have heard it before, but I was very busy today watching Bigfoot Family, the movie that Jason Kenney wants taken off of Netflix because it portrays oil companies in a bad light. And that was much more pressing than listening to the episode for our episode. (laughs) To be fair, there's, I'm sure, more action in that movie than in this episode. Oh, it was action-packed. Yeah. Also, I totally understand why he was pissed because there's a lot of, like, true things in it about oil companies. (laughs) And it does make them look pretty bad. Also, I mean, and it's a movie and some of it is outrageous and ridiculous. Like, right. I just have to say it also portrayed activists not in a great light. So I think it just, you know, kind of dumped on everybody equally. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> good journalism. Then. Yeah. Like, or at least it, or whatever it was like a pretty liberal movie (laughs) so chris explains the episode as 
Today, we're going to hear what happens when the Barclays pile into the car and head off for their family vacation. It should be a time of rest, relaxation, and recreation. Well, it should be. Uh, And so the whole episode is told through the lens of Jimmy writing in his journal. It was an assignment that he had to do for school. Yes. Okay, so this is, I'm already a little bit off topic, but um, it's funny because there is another future episode that is Jimmy writing in his journal. And yeah, it becomes kind of a theme throughout the show. No, it's just this one and that one. Oh, is it? Oh. Well, as far as I know, I haven't listened to any after that one, but it's um, my oldest child for some reason loves that episode because we have just kind of an assortment of adventures and odyssey things around from various family members and stuff and she loves that episode and it's about jimmy going through puberty and he's writing in his journal oh yeah (laughs) i'm like why do you love this episode about like a boy going through puberty but (laughs) anyway in that at the beginning they reference this episode they're like he's like i know i haven't written in you since our family vacation (laughs) oh that's so funny i love that do you want to be on for the puberty episode? That one's going to be sure. interesting. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what season it's in. Sorry, Karis. Please continue. Jimmy is nope, writing his journal. That's okay. Their school assignment was to write a diary about everything they're doing this summer. And he said, I think writing a diary is for girls. So I decided to write a journal instead. They're literally the same thing, as far as I understand. Uh, I mean, but, in Jimmy's okay. defense, or maybe um, I can just relate to Jimmy because I had the same aversion to diaries when I was younger. I'm like, ew, I don't yeah. want to have a diary, but I will keep a journal. <laughs> you like what, you picture the one with like the heart shaped lock and. Yeah, dear diary. <laughs> Today he looked at me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, I mostly kept a journal also. Because I kind of had maybe the same aversion to diaries. Oh, like, it's like journals are more serious or something. Yeah. But I do find that... Also, it, diary sounds like start. diarrhea. True. <laughs> True. Like verbal diarrhea. And that took us seven minutes to get to a poop joke, people. Seven minutes. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't say a time because there's things that are going to be edited out. Oh, that's true. Um, but I do find it an interesting way to start the episode. I think something Karis alluded to earlier, there's a lot of like the gendering dynamics here. Um, and that's kind of the start of it, I think is the journal versus diary. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then from there we find out, uh, Donna doesn't want to go on the vacation. She thinks it's going to be boring and she wants to stay in Odyssey and hang out with her friends. So she's arguing. They go and pack. Um, Jimmy packs everything except clothes. Cassette tapes, comic books, piggy bank, yo-yo, sports cars, overlords of space laser blaster priorities. And um, then has to pack his stuff three more times before his mom lets him go to wit's end. Um, And all we hear about his event at wit's end is that wit gives him a box wrapped a wrapped box says it's a new invention for kids to use on long car rides and he tells him 
Only open it when you're absolutely, without question, no doubt about it, as bored as you've ever been in your life. Jimmy gets back from wit's end. Mom and Donna are fighting because Donna won't get off the phone. Uh, Dad's in the garage fixing the car with a do-it-yourself kit. And Jimmy says, it makes Mom nervous because he always messes it up. Now, every time we turn on the shower, the toilet backs up. The dad that crumbles. is an impressive anyway. plumbing foible. <laughs> yeah. F- foible. yeah. foible. <laughs> nice save. Are we are we no longer an e uh, rated podcast? Oh no, we are. I just I was actually going for the word foible. I wasn't gonna oh. say fuck fuck up, but oh. <laughs> fair um, enough. They, but no, we say we give no fucks. We give all. We say all the fucks. Get them out now. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, that's that's a pretty impressive fuck, foible fuck, fuck, fuck. because also when you hear what he does to the car, I don't know how that's possible. To like Act like turn on the car and go through windshield wipers. <laughs> that's astounding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he so he tries to start the car and instead it turns the radio on. So he turns puts the key in and turns and it turns the radio on. So he turns the radio knob and then the horn starts going off. And so then he hits the horn and then the car starts. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how it's, that's, we should have, uh, asked someone who knows things about cars. Yeah. Can you tell us if that's actually possible? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I do, I do like, I kind of like the ethos behind that. I don't know if you guys have tried fixing things before and like, it goes very, very wrong. Like, how did that yeah. even happen? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Everything I try yeah. and fix is perfect and works the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I forgot. So they get up early to leave. Um, argue. The parents argue about taking work on the trip. They finally get in the car. They decide not to take work on the trip. They finally get in the car. Uh, George, who's the dad, says everyone ready to go only 52 minutes late that's a record for us <laughs> and we all there's something to about that. this episode yeah there's something yeah. about this episode that made me very anxious even though it was like not a particularly exciting episode there was some things that were maybe very relatable and that that was one of them <laughs> 52 minutes late like ugh. <laughs> yeah We've yeah, too we've all experienced that too. Where <laughs> too close, too close to, home. to home, yeah. yeah. Um, fifty-two minutes late, but not because we weren't ready. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's getting bored. They only left twenty minutes ago. Don is listening to music. They're arguing, bickering, and then the car uh, makes a pop, or there's a popping sound, and then there's a commercial break. We'll find out if the Barkley family is all right right after this. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Turns out they hit something. Don is worried it's an animal. Jimmy's hoping it's an animal. <laughs> Bet it was, and the guts are splattered all over the place. Boys um, it turns out girls, to be a piece. Man. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Turns out to be a piece of tire rubber. They're fine. They continue forward. Um, to pass the time, they sing praise songs in the car for an hour. Donna's cassette player runs out of battery. Can we stop like the praise song they were singing? 
Did that oh, bring yeah. anyone back to their... What song <laughs> was it again? I've, I've got, got the joy, joy, joy. Oh, joy, yeah. Joy. <laughs> it just made me think of summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it started out peppy, and then at the end it was like, I've got the joy, joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, where? <laughs> <laughs> Down in my heart. Yeah. That's um one of my professors' pet peeves, like at college, was always like these like f- like songs that are like about joy that are like really somber. <laughs> He's like, This is so stupid. If it's a joyful song, you should be sounding joyful as you sing. Like you should be joyful to sing it. That's funny. Maybe don't make us sing it every day. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually it's like a, about being joyful because we were such horrible, disgusting, mm. evil sinners, <laughs> and now we're free. Now we're so happy. Yeah. But I think you have to have like the somber music to really hit home how horrible we all were. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Slash R. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. (laughs) Oh yeah, that is that's kind of like a funeral dirge, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) it kind of is. Yeah. Um, so Donna's cassette tape runs out of batteries, and then she starts whining. I'm bored. I'm gonna go crazy. Um, just being really negative. This whole vacation is boring, and um. Then they see a stranger on the road walking and they don't stop to pick him up. And then a few What would Jesus say? Yeah. Well, Sorry. they they defended themselves by saying we don't know who it is, they could be dangerous. They probably yeah. would kill us. <laughs> yes. And then the car just dies. That's what Jesus would uh, say. Yep. Um, So, but they're not out of gas. Uh, It turns. Oh, wait. Donna is freaking out because they think that the stranger is an axe murderer, or she thinks that the stranger is an axe murderer and that he's getting closer. Uh, George figures out that it's something to do with the radiator goes to take the cap off. There's a loud noise. There's intense music and build up as the stranger is getting closer. Donna is freaking out. Mary says, George trying to get him back in the car. And the episode ends. What's going to happen? Very dramatic. Yeah. Very yeah. dramatic. Yeah. Um, For something that's like ending. not that dramatic. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was very like hyped up. So start of the next episode. The stranger comes up to the car, offers to help, looks at the car, says, tells George that the fuel pump is broken, that his car also broke down, and he's walking to town to get it fixed or to pick up his tow truck so he can come back and get it fixed, and offers to walk to town together. Uh, Wait, they his find car out- broke down too? Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't. That's why that he was part. walking on the road. Yeah. Right. So, and then it turns out that he's like the car mechanic in town, or he has like a mechanic shop in town, and he's like also the tow truck driver. 
Then we find out that Hopwood, this is the town that they go to. It's a small town. Everybody knows each other. Everybody calls each other by their first names. Um, they find out the fuel pump that they need, the part that they need, won't be until Monday. And so then they're stranded for the weekend. Because it's Saturday evening already. Because it's Saturday evening, right. Uh, and so the stranger from the road, we find out his name is Chester, offers to let them stay at his house for the weekend. He says, the good Lord gave me a big house with a lot of room, and I'd be honored if you'd stay. Gone is still convinced he's an axe murderer. Uh, no, we can't stay at his house. He uh, leaves and comes back and says that his wife insisted they come for dinner at least. She's going to be doing all, or she's been doing all sorts of cooking for the church picnic tomorrow. Mary says, church picnic, how's that for a clue? And George mutters, thanks, Lord. Yeah, it's Uh, funny. Yeah, the whole tenor changes once they're like, oh, they go to church. Everything will be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? No axe murderer ever went to church. Religiously. Yeah. I mean, I don't like I related a lot to that though. I don't know if you guys did. That was I felt totally. like that was very much drilled in me. And as soon as I even when I was traveling and I'm like, oh, they're they're a member of a church, I'm like, of course I'll like be comfortable with this stranger. I I that no. That's I don't think that yeah. one took no. with me. Yeah. <laughs> that is very interesting. I did relate to the whole like church picnic thing though. That reminded me a lot of mm. like when we lived in Karenport, they used to have those out yeah. at Byzant. Oh yeah. You remember? Uh, and there was always yeah, like a dunk tank that. and it was really fun. That's so fun. Three legged races and it was like super wholesome. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but so wait, even if you don't relate to that personally, you would agree though that's a pretty common thing. Yes. Okay. yes yeah i think yeah. there are things that are different when you're a woman just because mm-hmm. like everyone is dangerous then right you know and yeah i mean you may not feel comfortable with a man even if he goes to church yeah whereas i remember when i was traveling in new zealand i found a lot of contacts contacts i found were through churches and like at a couple that were through churches and then they set me up with friends of theirs and friends of theirs and it was all this kind of like religious chain that I didn't wow. always realize at the time but it was like that's cool and you yeah. didn't end up in a cult <laughs> no. <laughs> no yeah no it was useful for sure there's something to be said for being part of a, a community like that mm-hmm. where it's easy to network and get around once food was mentioned donna no longer thought he was attack an a tax murderer donna no longer <laughs> thought he was an axe murderer so his wife's name was grace so it was chester and grace and they had several children but the only one that was left at home was their son ted um, they had like eight kids didn't they i can't i couldn't remember did it say a number it was a it, lot. i think it did say a number but i didn't i missed it when i was taking it was notes. a quiver full for sure <laughs> Yep, Grace makes dinner uh, and gets Donna to help her. Ted and Jimmy go and play in the back porch. Jimmy wants to play space aliens, and Ted prefers to play David and Jonathan from the Bible. Ted is a weird kid, for sure. 
<laughs> for sure. But actually, this was also close to home for me because I don't know if you remember, but like my best friend in elementary school, or at least nominally best friend, we became best friends because we made the David and Jonathan Pact. Oh, I love was, that. Yeah, wait, wait, this who is like, this? You could say names. Uh, Derek. I don't know if you guys oh, remember Derek. Oh, yeah. I, I remember him because he know. wasn't allowed to watch Doug. Yeah, he his family is very strict. Um, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ted, I guess, because he it was his idea that we make this Jonathan and David pact where we become best friends. This was in like grade four or something. <laughs> That's really sweet. It is. Um, and weird. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, yeah weird, but I could totally see him doing this kind of. I mean, I don't think he was allowed to play fights, so I don't know if he would have really been allowed to like fight off Philistines and things like that. But that, it was very much like, oh, yeah, that that happened. <laughs> that's um, so funny. That's an interesting line. Like, you can you we will teach you about the Bible, but you're not allowed to enact any of the more violent things from it except most of it is really violent (laughs) yeah like literally yeah you know it's one of those uh, selective reading things you know where we read the bible very objectively but we actually don't right we're not picking and choosing we're just doing what it says (laughs) as we pick and choose (laughs) yes you you guys didn't have any friends that like played were like super into bible stuff like that I feel no. like my friend Katie was, okay. but we usually played um, FBI agents. Oh, that's not Christian. Which isn't Christian, no. All that to say, I think we can all agree that Ted and his siblings were likely homeschooled. A hundred percent. What do you mean, John? I, I, just a feeling I have. Just a, yeah. Huh. Uh, so Ted and Jimmy, so they go out and play, they come back in for dinner. Mary says, I can't remember the last time Jimmy played in the woods back home. He and his friends usually plant themselves in front of a video. So this starts kind of the attitude of like, it's so much more wholesome here because there's less technology. (laughs) Totally. And because the next statement is, uh, Grace is talking about. Uh, how Chester will probably take George fishing and Mary's skeptical. I don't think George will like that. And George comes in and is like, we're going to go fishing before church tomorrow. Or is that okay? And he's so excited, which is out of character for him, according to Mary. It's like Um, also like a return to masculinity or a, I mean, totally. Maybe not a return to, maybe an invitation to, you know, like he couldn't fix the car or the shower, but he can go fishing before church, right. you know, with another, yeah. with a guy, with the a guy's dude, yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jimmy has to remind uh, remind us that everyone's having fun except Donna. But she didn't spoil it for the rest of us. Um, the next morning... Ted takes Jimmy to milk the cow and grab eggs from the chicken house. And they see George and Chester leaving to go fishing. Uh, Jimmy makes a comment when they come back later telling stories of their fishing trip. Jimmy makes a comment that George laughed harder than he ever had. 
Next was church and Sunday school. Hang on. Did that, like, I found that very interesting myself. I want to know more about George because, like, either that is, indicates something maybe that's who he authentically is and hasn't been able to experience that in a while. Or part of me was like, is he just over overacting to be like fishing was so much fun <laughs> and trying to portray totally. this image of himself as like a, that's interesting a man's man yeah it also you know then I mean? yeah mm-hmm. that's very interesting because inversely Cause how funny also, can fishing stories be you know like, yeah <laughs> inversely also it's like um dad is kind of a grump all the time at home mm, and yeah. he's not very yeah. happy with his life right <laughs> maybe also that yeah that's true or when he's at home that's the way he is like you said and this is him just like over putting on it. yeah yeah i took it more as like just another um reminder of like look at how much more fun they're having yes. and how much more wholesome it is that they're 100 percent that away from technology but i didn't see any of the deeper meanings that you guys brought to the table yeah i mean i'm not saying that's that's there but it did seem like a curious thing to write in yeah i think partly for reasons candace mentioned i think also it could be like it's he is actually away from his work and right you know was able to tether Or like un- fully, like he to- fully untethered from all responsibility, other responsibilities. And so he can just yeah. kind of exist. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably yeah. what they were trying to get at with the writing. Like he left his work at home, but also yeah. they're in this rural place with like good earthy humans, good Christian earthy humans. Um, he's doing something like we said, very manly. The mm-hmm. women are at home making breakfast. And it's like, I, I, um, to me, it seemed like, to me, I guess it seemed part authentic, but part act. Totally. It's, it's like a men's retreat. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, we should come back to this. <laughs> 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 Next up is church. Jimmy goes to Sunday school with Ted. Uh, the teacher decides that he wants them all to experience what it would have been like to be on the ark, and he brings in all of these animals. <laughs> Next is the pastor's sermon, but they couldn't get all the animals out, so his sermon is interrupted by chickens and rabbits running through the sanctuary. He didn't seem to mind because he just kept right on preaching. Another toss at, like, you know, the wholesome wholesome country mm-hmm. feel kind of and how you can do so much more you can, you can bring yeah. animals into church there's less yeah, right restrictions yeah. kind of be have more fun and again the only person not having a good time is donna so they go to the lunch the picnic and do we know how old they are like how old is donna right now like 13 i think i would guess so i thought she was 12 12? Okay. I thought it mentioned that, but maybe I'm just making that up. Yeah, I don't remember. She's like a young teenager or just before. She's an adolescent. 
Yeah. Yes. Of course she doesn't oh, she want to does hang out with her family. <laughs> Wait. I'm 12 years old. I'm big enough to take care of myself because yeah, she doesn't right. want to go on the trip with them. Basically, everyone just thinks that Donna is trying to be negative and trying to have a bad time. And she says, I'm not. I just think all this stuff is boring. She doesn't want to do anything. She's just pouting at her Does that remind anyone else of being at church? That it's all boring? It's boring. Pouting in the corner and not wanting to be there, thinking it's dumb. That was my whole life at church. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, I get you, Donna. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I used to do uh, go and like volunteer in the nursery so I didn't have to be in the services. <laughs> oh, or totally. I remember sometimes like hanging out with you and Josh in dad's office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like hiding. And I, then I remember, I remember when we moved to Red Deer, I was I, like being at youth group. I hated that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was pouty, Mr. Pouty there all the time. Just did not want to be there. And it was like worse when everyone's like, you should just have fun. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> like, That's terrible. But I find no. like the thing that happened, the things that happen next, I find really interesting about Donna. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to so, get, yeah. get us there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Donna's pouting under a tree, refusing to do anything. And Jimmy remembers Wit's boredom buster invention. And uh, gives it to Donna. So she opens it and it just says, turn turn on the light. And it turns out to be a puzzle for her to solve. She thought it would be easy, but it wasn't. It took her over an hour. Uh, and then she figured it out. She was so excited. She was so proud of herself. And then this little recording comes up and it's Wit's voice. You probably spent a fair amount of time trying to figure out this little contraption. The time you spent playing with it is time you weren't bored. Neat, huh? (laughs) Just goes to show you how something as silly as this can be fun if you set your mind to it. Now it's going to turn off and you should find something else even more fun to do. It's all about the way you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the message they're trying to get across. But to me, that I just read that as like, Donna seems like she's probably a very intelligent person that loves like a she's mind looking... a mind puzzle and really likes to like do something serious and stimulating like, stimulating and not just kind of like this i mean i've come to maybe change it by tune a little bit i think it's kind of like this rah rah fun is is good for you but it's also like a, as a teenager like if you want to do something more serious <laughs> that's fine yeah, yeah, what, no, you, what they that. don't tell you is that Donna and her friends have started an engineering club and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh yeah, that's interesting. Um, I also thought uh, it was interesting how was her name Grace, the wife? Yeah, mm. Grace. She kind of just turned Donna into like the slave. She's like, I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Donna will do it. Donna will do all the work, right, Donna? Your mother yeah. works so hard. Donna, you do the work. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Jimmy gets off scot-free because he's just going gets to go play. Head. And then yeah. the mom relaxes and, like, Donna's basically the slave. Well, I mean, they No wonder have- she's not having a good time. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, they have to socialize her into what her life as a woman will be as she grows up, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, that's really what her mom does. Her mom does all the work for everyone. So it's nice for her mom to get a break. But why is the why is Donna the one that has to pick up all the slack? That's yeah. right. And the boys are the ones who are out playing. Yeah. Fishing and playing. I mean, they did have to sweep the deck mm, first. They did. But. And milk the cows and collect eggs. So they did quite true. a lot. Yeah. Those are the fun jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jimmy didn't sound like they were fun. He didn't want to Getting get up, up that early to milk cows is not fun. I can speak from experience. Yeah, as someone who has done that, <laughs> yeah. John would know. Yeah. I could, I mean, uh, I could definitely relate to Jimmy when he woke up. He's like, let the cows milk themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Jimmy. Um, what time That's did you have to milk them? I think we had to, I had to get up at four. I think we milked at five and then at like wow. two in the afternoon again. What time did you go to bed? Like eight. Yeah. Totally. Seven, seven or eight. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Yeah. And I was still exhausted. Yeah. Getting up. Yeah. You need a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Farm. The farming life is a, is a hard one. Yeah. It's tough. But so rewarding and wholesome. Anyway, finally, I was excited to finally hear what wits device was because it was there like the whole time yeah just like hanging over you check yeah. off what, what is it what is it yeah exactly what i was <laughs> thinking but it was a bit of a letdown i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> like it's okay it's just a puzzle okay got it well yeah. i want to know what you thought or hoped it would be i think i thought it was gonna be eventually he came up with like a virtual reality thing right Probably. Yeah, that comes later. But I forget what that was called, though. Applesauce? No, wait. Or something that could take you back in time. The yeah, imagination. imagination station. Yeah, I think maybe I thought it was going to be a prototype like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think that travels. I think it has to stay. It takes up like a, a room. Yeah. Or the other thing that I had in mind was that it was just going to be like, it was going to be a book like the Bible or just a card saying... Don't be bored. Find something to entertain yourself with. Yeah. <laughs> Which is essentially what this ended up being. But like another short story with with a lesson. Also, it, yeah. it's interesting that this wit is not really in these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. but he still, like you said, you were like thinking about him a lot of the episode. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like God. Yes. When he's not, you know, he's with us always. (laughs) Well, and like, Wits End always has to be mentioned, like, literally Jimmy went to Wits End for the only reason, like, the only reason was to get that gift. Mm -hmm. Like, there was nothing, there was no other purpose for him to be there, really. And like, even like, you know. Do you think Wit gives out boredom busting gifts to like literally every child that's going on vacation no like it just conveniently to this family so that we we can know that wit can meddle even when he's not there (laughs) (laughs) wit and in all his omnipotent wisdom wait is that the right word no Mm -hmm omniscient wisdom uh he 
knows that it'll be used at the exact right moment mm. for the exact right purpose. All things work together for good for those who have to say that. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. That's funny. All That's right. something we should anyway, work on. The gospel according to Mr. Whitaker. Yeah, I think yeah, we should yeah. just insert him into like a whole bunch of very popular verses. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious now, like, and maybe we can talk about this at the end, but I'm curious now what the more modern episodes of Adventures in Odyssey are like. I am too. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously this was written at a time and place, but I'm wondering if these kind of same themes are there today of like the less technology back to the earth like wholesome goodness kind of stuff yeah I well because you know he but he becomes like part of the fbi and like builds all this high-tech stuff later on doesn't he oh i don't know so there's like i'm interested to see how that's gonna change the messaging mm-hmm or if it's going to change the message. Well, it's you know. interesting because he's always been an inventor from the very beginning. So, right. uh, but also been really crotchety about technology. But mm, it seems to be who is in control of the technology, right? It's like um, this show itself, you know, is a radio drama to promote like quote unquote family values. And that, you know, the Christians are in control of this radio drama and that makes it a good thing. Just like Mr. Whitaker is in control of like, is kind of steering the ship on his technological inventions, right? Like Mm -hmm. the imagination station is used solely for Bible stories (laughs) and morality teaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's yeah, that's okay. interesting. Right. Yeah, that's interesting because it does kind of make this dichotomy of good technology and bad technology rather than technology, which depending on how it's used can be for good or bad. Right. This is how depending on what side of the fence you fall on. Yeah. Right. For instance, this cassette player in the episode, bad technology. Right. But if they had put on Adventures in Odyssey in the car and listened to it as a family, that would have been okay. Good technology. Anyway, the episode is rushing inexorably to its climactic end. (laughs) Yes. I thought this was the climax. She did the thing. Yeah, mostly. mostly, She turned the light on. Um, But tell us how this... figuring out this contraption changes Donna. So it changes her entire outlook on life. Mm. (laughs) Basically she, uh, she solves one thing and now she wants to be involved. Uh, So they go to the last game of the day. It's a tug of war. Chester says everyone needs to be involved in this one. So Donna says she'll be involved. She's put at the very front so they're set up on two teams with a giant puddle of mud in between the teams. So whoever pulls the other person, the other team first, like teams, people into the mud wins. So Donna, of course, ends up in the mud. Everyone's worried that she would be mad because she's been so grumpy, but she's laughing. Everyone starts throwing mud at each other. 
laughing so hard they had tears in their eyes. Um, they go back to Chester and Grace's, wash up, get ready for bed, because everyone's tired from the day uh, and sad that they're leaving. Donna calls her friend from Odyssey, Wendy, asks her how things are going. Wendy says Odyssey has been so boring and says, tells Don- asks Donna if she's been bored too. And Donna's whole perspective on the day is different. She says, I'm having such a blast. And she talks about the church picnic and all of the different races and activities there were that earlier she said were just boring. And the next morning they leave. Donna apologizes for being a pain. They say, no, it's fine. And you looked awfully cute with the mud all over you. Thank you. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, wait. (laughs) The most important thing is that you're cute and also that you can do all the chores. (laughs) But then they took it back. They're like, no, actually, you weren't. You didn't look cute with mud on you. No, they said, well, they said she wasn't that bad. And then they took that back. Oh, okay. Oh, and then right, said, right, okay. but you looked awfully cute. Oh, okay. That was their cover up for it. Like, yeah, you were grumpy, but at least you looked cute. <laughs> like, uh, sounds like you've heard, had that feedback before, haven't you, Karis? I have. We can maybe <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> um, I'll just finish up. <laughs> and then I come back to it. So they leave. That's Yeah, that's why I noticed it. Um, Yes. (laughs) So they leave, and an hour later, Donna realized she left her cassette player. Oh, no. But then she says, I don't need it anymore. She's suddenly not bored. Yeah, she's connected with her family, you know? Yeah. Now. They never show us, like, or they never tell us, like, how they've connected or, like, what they're doing to make sure that none of them are bored or, Mm -hmm. you know? like That's a good point. Well, it's just being in the country. Yes. Right. (laughs) Being around around cows and three-legged races. Right. Suddenly just wipes all of your boredom for the next three days of driving. Yes. Right. Uh, So then we get to the exoplot where Chris explains the lesson for those of us that didn't get it. What we get out of something often depends on what we put into it. If you're feeling bored, maybe you're not trying hard enough not to be bored. Make something up to do for yourself. And then this is what she suggests. Read your Bible or sing praise songs. Have a contest with the rest of your family about who knows the most Bible verses and where they're found. Or take a chance to talk to God about all the things you've been meaning to say to him. And that's the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this... So I'll take a minute does... to cackle. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this boredom thing does kind of hit home as someone who has kids, right? Because yes. now my totally. five-year-old has started doing this thing where she's like, I'm bored. And I'm like, you know, like, what a great opportunity for you. I can't totally. wait to see what you'll come up with. <laughs> but... um. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong is I need to encourage her to uh, sing some some hymns and we can do well, a how many Bible together. verses have you got her to memorize, Candace? Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> no, none. That could be. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably she why she's won. bored. She'll never be place. bored again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do think there is value to this idea. Like boredom is a mindset. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. 
I think if you change the way you think, yeah, about I, it, you won't be bored. Yeah, I like. I tend to. That's a lesson I tend to agree with. I think, especially when people are around our age. I, maybe I expect that from kids more so. People my age, I'm like, if you say you're bored, then <laughs> I interpret that as you being a boring person. Totally. You can't find anything interesting. Um, but I remember as kids feeling like bored all the time, especially on road trips. And I think there is also this thing that they do a lot in this show that's like, oh man, teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. oh, adolescents, they're so whiny and so irritating, kind of, you know, that's that's the way they are. But if you're doing it right in a godly way, then they won't be so awful. <laughs> right. Or you take right, them like, to a country even, where they can have a good old fashioned picnic. Yeah. And that'll change their attitude. Because even when she phoned yeah. her friend, her friend was like, oh, I'm so bored. Yeah. Like she would have been bored if she stayed in Odyssey because that's fashionable in her group to be bored. You know, you don't. Yes. Actually, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. that she said she was having a great time because when you're 12, that could be a source of judgment from your friends. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that really uncool that you're yeah. like excited about something. Ew. And <laughs> you know? I do wonder though, I mean, that was another thing that I found a bit confusing. Like, was it disingenuous? Was she trying to hype up her vacation because she was away somewhere exotic and make it try and try and sound more exciting than it actually was or did she actually have a change of heart and reinterpret everything in a favorable way and if so was the result of that was that the result of the tug of war or was it because of figuring out this complex puzzle Mm -hmm. was it like she finally got like a mental got to use her mind and kind of like exhaust herself intellectually and then she was able to like move past a, like a mental block and have some fun mm, or right oh well, yeah it could be that was it yeah. because she heard mr whitaker's voice and just like very strongly internalized <laughs> that message that flippant message mm. after an hour yes. of work yes no, yeah, I, know, that's I know as a 12 year old i can definitely shift my perspective like yeah. that that quickly yeah I mean, I think I tried that at youth group. Do you guys like? I think I, I think I remember. I didn't argue with mom that much about going to church, but I think I argued a lot about going to youth group when we moved to oh, Red Deer. Interesting. I know, I like, it. and there, I like, I feel like as much as I tried, I could not just shift my mindset and enjoy it. That's because it sucked. Because it was just like <laughs> straight up awful. It was. Not for it, not for all the members of our family. No, I know. And I was lucky. Like I had um, two friends that were there most of the, like that went mostly. So I always mm-hmm. had like at least someone to talk to. But right. I still didn't. You were my only friend there. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had each other. Yes. Thank you for not shunning me. Yeah. Like someone else in our family did to me. Hmm. I'm John did to me. Oh, <laughs> did I? More so at school. Oh, I think Not maybe so it was okay. I'm, I apologize. No, that's okay. Publicly, I apologize. <laughs> I 
And publicly, he accepts you now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. You can come and talk to me anytime you see me on the street. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. Um, anyway, Karis. Karis. Odyssey. Still bringing families together. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> so growing up, our, our, I started learning the violin in middle school. Uh, so I took like six years of lessons. And in high school, we had this competition at the school that was kind of like an American Idol thing, but you could bring your own instrument and perform. And so I had a piece that I wanted to perform and was ready and all excited to go. And then the day of, I got food poisoning and was really sick. And But was like, well, I have to just perform anyway, and it's all just going to work out fine. I kind of have this naive mentality that everything is just going to work out. <laughs> uh, it didn't work out fine. I did a really terrible performance, and um, our parents were away at the time, so our grandma was in town, and she had gone to my performance, and she drove me to school the next day. And um, so I was wearing in my performance, I was wearing this really pretty black shiny dress. I had gotten my hair done by the cosmetology team at school or class at school. And and, you know, I I uh, I looked good. I just didn't end up sounding good. And so she drops me off at school. And as I'm getting out of the car, she's she looks at me and she says, you know, Karis, you looked so pretty when you were on stage yesterday. And when you're 16, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah which is her nice way of saying that was terrible yeah you sucked but yeah, you're pretty so much cute <laughs> and i did suck a friend of mine recorded it and put it on youtube and i found it later and watched it and cried and asked him to take it off oh he was trying to be sweet can you share it for our I patreon <laughs> share the video <laughs> I don't think it exists anymore on you Patreon, it down. the most embarrassing moments of our lives <laughs> for you to enjoy oh man Kay, I was thinking though for our Patreon that we recreate childhood photos <laughs> or like for our social media or something that we like recreate childhood that's photos that's a good idea, I like it yeah Um. anyway, so that was you know, the first time I was told that I was pretty and that was all that mattered and now it's kind of a family endearment we all say it to each other all the time at least you look pretty at least you look pretty oh, yeah well, and that's yeah. all that matters which is basically you're dumb <laughs> <laughs> you suck at everything else but you're sure cute <laughs> yeah, yeah basically i still cry myself to sleep at night <laughs> It's so sad. <laughs> As we all laugh. <laughs> um, the gender politics of this episode. Mm, very strong I mean, in this episode. It's this show, right? I mean, in this one, yeah, yeah. this episode is from the, the 87, I think. And yeah. I mean, it's still there in the church. It's like, it hasn't gone away. This idea of complementarianism, right? Like men were created by God to be a certain way and women were created by God to be a certain other way and no one is better or worse but men are totally better and need to be in charge of everything and yeah. women should be slaves basically 
Um, and I know growing up and as, as a teenager and a young adult, there were these books uh, by John and Stacy Eldridge that were really popular oh, in the church. My God. <laughs> so for girls, for um, young women, the book was called Captivating. And it was basically like why every young, why every woman wants to be a princess and find her handsome prince. And, and then the man's one was like, uh, was called Wild at Heart. And it was like, why every man wants to have a battle to fight and rescue a princess and uh, i don't remember all the things it's just like some some bullshit here because is it's like men want to have adventure and women just want to find a man um and women like hang on did the, you read both of those or just yeah i did yeah i read them you, both. oh you read both okay yeah um because women are very like kind of a side project in the men's book. It's like, well, one of the things that you got to do is rescue a princess, right? Yes. Uh, so you got to like find your lady. And then once you find her, that's kind of it. Like there's nothing. It's like, oh, you got her. Great. And in the women's one, it's like, this well, is your women whole are life. Like secondary to God, to... though. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually I mean, can't remember much from that book. but Kind of. Anyway. But like the women's one is like very much. Like how to, not how to like, get, catch a man. Kind of like men are very folk and, you know, like, and we all want to be beautiful and we all mm-hmm. want to, you know, it was like very superficial and like nurturing right. and like, you know, like kind of all the stereotypical complementarian things that really like erase most of a person. You're only allowed to exist in these like small characteristics as these small characteristics. Mm-hmm. And so out of these books came this popular thing, which was the wild wild at heart retreat which was like a men's retreat and john you went to one of these one two how many of these did you go to oh my god this is so (laughs) you know what i wish my memory was better so i do have a bit of a history with that book i remember i won it in a door prize at one wow or something Wow. God um, was telling you. <laughs> yeah, he was speaking to me, that's for sure. And I, d- I didn't really want it, to be honest. And I can't remember how old I was. I must have been 17 or 18. Is that around the right age when those things Probably. were Probably, yeah, because I think I, I remember- read it just before I went to England or... Yeah, so I was probably like yeah. 18 when I read it. But it's funny because even then, like, I was reading it. And I don't think I was a particularly critical thinker then. But I remember reading it and it really bothered me. Like, all men are like this or should be like this. Mm-hmm. Like, what? And then their their evidence for that was like Lord of the Rings anecdotes. <laughs> like, yes. And that's like for both of the I'm books. Sorry, it was just you're all... drawing from these like fictional, like these themes and fictional stories saying like, this is what our life is about. Like, okay. They both um, were like, I feel like this. Therefore, Everyone must feel yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, like <laughs> I should, I would like to now look into their academic qualifications. I'm but sure yeah, I did go to one. I did go to one. I think it was a Wild at Heart retreat. Is mm-hmm. What it was called. I think was it me and my friend who went. I think or, you, you didn't God, go with Dad. No. I, yeah, and Dad was there. Obviously, I think okay. it was the one organizing it or, yeah i think so or something yeah. like that that's so right. yeah did steve was steven at that one 
Maybe, maybe. Stephen and his yeah. dad went to one. Okay. Was this like out at the college? Yeah. Yes. Like it was one like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the wild <laughs> men's retreat or whatever. Yeah, wild man. Called. That's what it was called. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. But it was based um, on that book. Based on this I think idea. At least partly. At least partly. Yeah. Or there's like some kind of confluence with another, like, I think dad, some of dad's friends had run this retreat elsewhere. In the States, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure which one came first or if it was just like this coincidence. Well, Um, I remember when he was announcing it at church, he like stood mm -hmm. up and talked about the book and like the three things. Like, yeah. (laughs) You have a much better memory than I do, Candace. I don't remember that either. You even remember that I went to that retreat. Yeah, because I think at that point I was like getting very critical of all the gender, Mm. all the complementarianism stuff. From that, I remember like we went out and did some axe throwing and gun shooting and things like that. And it was kind of all in this, the framing around that was that men like to be active, men like to do things together men like to accomplish things and we don't really like to sit around and talk um and then eventually later we like sing songs around the campfire and have a bible study and then talk sometimes talk. maybe people would pour out their hearts or whatever <laughs> some some amazing transformation would happen because you went through the routine of like, yeah <laughs> because you did the which even then, yeah which even then i felt a little bit confused by because i was never i was not an athletic person I was I was I was much more of a solitary person you know I did a lot of reading yeah. I practiced piano I didn't really like team sports um so this idea that like men have to be doing activities together that's how they bond they just like just seemed like nonsense to me I yeah. think it is I mean I think for <laughs> some people that is a good way for them to bond. <laughs> yeah. But again. But or, um, but is it more yeah. just that like men are not taught to express themselves in any way. And so they have a hard time talking about anything. And so they have to avoid it at all costs by doing something else. Like to I me, mean, I think like, a, that was a totally a, a lot of it is socialization. Mm-hmm. Cause ma- when you're masculine, you know, there, there is this masculine socialization to, um, not show your feelings except anger that one's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um yes. that's a strong feeling yeah unless a woman sh- is angry then right then she's just emotional yeah if a woman <laughs> shows any emotion she's just emotional and if a man shows emotion it's he's probably strong. It's, it's probably that time of the month <sighs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, the other activity that I remember being talked about from this retreat was pickle spitting. Oh yeah, and hot yes, I re- yes, I remember a lot of talk about pickle spitting. I don't remember actually doing it. Maybe that did, is like one of the weirdest ideas to me, and also it's like very phallic, like very manly. Very, very like masculine. you like a very, very phallic thing in your mouth. I guess it's like you're sh- you're like spitting it as far away from you as possible to show right. that you're not gay. I, guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what? The this is a weird activity. Yeah, I remember not- that one always made that like the highlights of the 
what yeah. what do you do at a wild man retreat pickle spitting like yeah <laughs> seems like not the most exciting thing but yeah it's just a very weird very weird one i so i went to a wild woman I was just going to say, to be fair, they also did a wild woman retreat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that was, And we yeah. did the same things. Well, after, like, a lot of petitioning from the people, they like, from the women who were like, hey, yeah. we want to do this, this fun stuff, too. Because it wasn't initially planned for us to do, like, axe throwing and stuff. Right. People had to be like, hey, women had to be like, hey, we want to do that, too. And they were like, oh, I guess women want to do things, too. They don't just want to, like, sit around, sit around and, and languish on a chaise lounge and wait for a man to come pick them yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Or, like, so do a quilting circle. Or I don't, I don't know. Cook. <laughs> yeah. Sit in the kitchen cooking. Yeah. So I did. They didn't have all of the same activities, though. There was. No. I think there was acts. Uh, there might not have been axe throwing. There was archery. I remember axe throwing. Oh, maybe there was. Okay. And archery and pickle spitting and fork toss. Because I was really I good think, at the fork toss. Okay. I think you went to the one after me. Maybe. Because I went to the first one, I think. And we only did a few okay. things. And then at yeah. the end of it, the feedback was like, hey, we want to do more of this fun stuff. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then the next year I went. Because I was yeah. working out there. So oh, I, yeah. So I just got to be involved. Because I was helping. Helping. So interestingly. So if, Donna, the, if the, Donna was at that retreat, you would have told her to like put down Wit's thing and just like. Spit a pickle. Spit a pickle. Spit a pickle. <laughs> Toss a hog. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, like though highly gendered in marketing they ended up being mm, like same basically thing. the same event. Yeah. But still somehow managed to reinforce toxic gender norms. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? I remember noticing that too, though, when you had talked about the wild woman retreat and like that you guys were doing the same things. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that isn't really, I guess at the moment, at the time I thought it wasn't fair, but now, like there's just something that's not totally aligning here. <laughs> well, yeah, I totally. remember growing up um, at in Karenport, and I went to Pioneer Girls, and you went to mm-hmm. what, Boys Brigade. Club, Boys Brigade, oh, Boys Brigade. Yeah. and which was like Scouts, Christian Scouts, yeah, maybe kind of equivalent. Yeah. And we learned things like blanket stitch and like identifying leaves and you guys were like out camping and like starting fires and kayaking and I was like this sucks I want to go to the boys one and then you had a friend whose parents like put her in the boys one and I was so jealous because she got to do yeah Andrea was that Andrea yeah Yeah, she got to go and you guys made like you like made those cars and like raced them down the ramps. And I was like, oh, I, I remember, remember growing up and just thinking I want to do the boy things because they're so much more fun and then not being allowed to do the boy things. I, I think it goes a little bit both ways. I remember going to the car racing thing. I hated that event. I remember going like two or three times and it was, it was so boring. And like, I don't know. I just didn't like yeah. it. 
Yeah. It's long and tedious. And I mean, sometimes I wish we would have rather just, we would have just learned how to bake cookies or something. Cause like, who doesn't like cookies, you know? <laughs> we should have been able to that. switch. Yeah. <laughs> or like, why not teach both in both? In both. Yeah. I or mean, yeah. Why does it have to be separately why, gendered? Why yeah. Yeah. Why it do just, women need to um, learn how to sew so that they can mend everyone's clothes <laughs> in the house? Men should learn how to mend their own clothes. I think that also feeds into something else problematic. I think that we see in this episode then that like men at some level are expected uh, by themselves or society or something to be able to fix a shower, to be able to fix a car. Uh, when these are like complicated systems that people study for years to be able to do. Totally. And yet if you can't, that's somehow emasculating. Like, oh, he can't like fix this car that, that broke down on the side of the road. It's like, who can? Yeah. Are you, <laughs> bad are you a mechanic? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I feel that. Yeah. That's interesting. I, my yeah. policy is always like hire someone who trained for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And to That's the same thing, job. like if you really need, if you really need clothes mend or hemmed, mended or hemmed, like you can pay someone else to do that. Although I yeah. think growing up and being so poor, that mm. was kind of the impetus for our dad, like yeah. kind of learning how to do everything and doing everything. And also the fact that he grew up on a farm, which I think marks you in a certain way to feel yeah. like inferior yeah. if you don't just to figure out how to do everything, you know? No, yeah, I think poverty, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if we'd call ourselves impoverished, but we were hovering around the poverty line. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with that kind of DIY impetus for sure. Um, but there, yeah, I think there's also, it's problematic when your identity is also wrapped up in being able to perform that task. And let's be yes. honest, like some people are just more gifted at some tasks than others. And like some guys will not be very good mechanics and some girls will be amazing mechanics mm -hmm. and vice versa. Totally. I wanted us to talk about our family vacations growing up. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Memory, anything jump Go out, anything like family <laughs> vacation. Um, so I just think of our old van that had the squeaky door Mm -hmm. And the chairs that spun around, and the shag and wagon. How, yeah, the sh the, the yeah, how much shagging happened in that wagon? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a lot. That's yeah. Although the Bible college students did sometimes use it for tour, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah, you never know. And I always think of how it was you have to go to sleep before dad or you don't fall asleep because he snorts so loud those are my memories of camping so i have one memory of going uh i think we were going to montana and we stayed in a hotel which we like never did mm -hmm. um because they were expensive and it was the morning and we were all getting ready to go and i i think i was like 13 or 14 and i took the keys back to the front desk to just to like, you know, I was taking initiative just to kind of help us get on our way. And mm -hmm. we got into the car afterwards and then dad was like, Oh, I have to take the keys back. And I was like, Oh no, I already did that. And then he yelled at me 
<gasps> what? Yeah. Why he was he me? upset? Because that's his job as the man of the house. Whoa. And it was like a super weird. So yeah, is that actually I... what he said? Yes. He said that that's his job as the man of the house. And I don't, I to this day do not understand why it was such a big deal to him. Mm. Um, but I guess somehow so he felt emasculated by his like 14 year old daughter taking the key cards to the front desk. Um, and then I just remember I just put in my headphones and I just cried for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about family holidays, I actually was thinking mostly kind of about this episode. I just remembered the long road trips and the driving and yeah. the boredom and trying to find ways to not be bored and the arguing and all that stuff. <laughs> You're on my side. Stop touching me. Yeah. Because oh it's so cramped. Being very tedious. But, but I also it wasn't that cramped. Is... No. No. Like but it yeah, was I a remember... whole bench seat for two people. I'm sorry. Now I'm a mom and now my kids <laughs> yeah. argue about everything. And I'm just like, just don't. Like, like, they will like deliberately bait each other back and forth for I, unknown reasons to me. Like, I, I can't. never did that. And, <laughs> and I'm like, if you're fighting, just go to separate places. Like, obviously, you don't want to be around each other right now, but they do. Like, they want to fight. Oh, so. Man. I don't know how mom handled I those did. road trips when we were all like fighting each other for hours. Yeah. I just remember I would um, use, you had like a CD and tape player and I had a cassette, like a um, portable cassette player. And so I would take your CDs, like your Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and whatever. And I would record them onto a cassette tape because you had the player, so you could do that. And then I would just bring those with me and just like listen to that the whole trip mm-hmm. as much as I could. Can I remember the secular music on our. I know. This was after we moved to Red Deer. Oh, okay. Oh. I was trying to imagine when I was... you in like, like, like an eight year old. No, when I was younger, I think I just always brought like activity books, yeah. like puzzle books or like. That kind of stuff. And listen to DC Talk. Uh, Newsboys. 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 Listen to Newsboys. We did have that Newsboys cassette tape. And we had a Carmen cassette tape. So, Karis, you were basically Donna. I was basically Donna, yeah. The only thing keeping me alive was... It was your cassette Puzzles. Well, I just just remember... Puzzles, yeah. I just remember getting older, and then it would be just Dad and I going down to Montana. Mm-hmm. And I always went with him, even like when I didn't have to, but because he, I didn't trust him to make it all the way there without falling asleep driving because that happened. It had like one time we were on our way down there and he was like going around a curve and he was going straight and he just like, (laughs) you know, like, so I would always, as much as I could, he would go down like during reading break and stuff and I never... It was never at the same time as when I was off of school, but like in the summer, then I would go down with him because I just was like worried that he would fall asleep and not wake up. 
Wow, that's so uh, responsible. But yeah. he also that's also a lot really of liked weight on your young yeah. shoulders. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but he also I just remember one of our trips, he was really into banjo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we listened to banjo music the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the worst trip <laughs> the worst you came back with teeth blacked out and like yeah playing a washboard yeah, yeah, yeah. you started playing a washboard Play the spoons. yeah candace can you tell us the story of when wait was it one of you told dad that the other one played the spoons and dad believed them <laughs> i don't remember that it wasn't I told, me yeah i told dad I can't remember the context, but I was like, yeah, Candace plays the spoons. I think we were talking about getting like a family band together or something. It's like, yeah, I can play the banjo. Ben can play the guitar. John, you can play the piano or something. Yeah, and Candace can play the spoons. He's like, really? (laughs) I mean, you can get those ones that are attached and you don't really have to. Although you do have to have some sense of rhythm, which I'm not, and like beat, which I'm not really sure I have. (laughs) You could learn. I guess it's my fault that the family band never got together. <laughs> <laughs> so in summary, we will all return to the land where we will milk cows and have three-legged races at church picnics and our lives will be better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, John. <laughs> Thank you. We will abandon technology. Although I do feel really good when I've spent the day outside in the fresh air, you know, like that feeling. Yeah. When you go to bed and you're just like been outside all day, it is nice. Totally. I get it. But it's also not like a moral mm. failing yeah. if you don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, I, I think there's something absolutely to that. Um, like physical work, being outside, I think that's all great. I think what I find is often conflated, at least for me growing up, was like ruralness equals better wholesome more wholesome, wholesome, like better values all these things but it also often means like um being very narrow-minded or yep often associated with bigotry or like not really understanding much about the world or the complexities of the world or yeah yeah um, absolutely not always that it's people are dumb but i think there's a certain awareness that you get from traveling being around big cities where there's much more diversity or exposure to other ideas maybe yeah absolutely um totally yeah i don't know if you can make that generalization though about like i don't know because i think there's still like plenty of people that uh live rurally that are you know very intelligent and yeah don't necessarily fit or you know have have differing points of view yeah i agree i'd be curious like i'd want to see some numbers on that like what is because i think this is this is a really interesting thing about that other podcast that i like the trailbilly workers party because they their big thing is like you can't say everyone in appalachia voted for trump and that we're all like these racist conservatives like yeah right it's just a lie (laughs) like it's just not true there's as many different political opinions as there are people here it's 
you know, people are so nuanced. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. And I think, I mean, there's obviously, I, I guess that's why I'd want to see statistics. Cause I think generally you can sometimes make generalizations, but there's always exceptions and like how many yeah. exceptions in a particular region. It's like, yeah. Interesting. Um, and there, I think there is also this, I'm noticing more and more, there is this like narrative that, I mean, I think it came out very, very strongly in the 2016 election, right? With this like, oh, like it's the rural hicks that voted for mm-hmm. Donald Trump because they're all bigots. Right. And actually right. it wasn't <laughs> like, that wasn't it was yeah. like, it, it was people in the cities and in the suburbs and like it was, yeah, you know, so I think that, um, no. you know, that, that generalization is starting to rub me the wrong way. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess I base it off of personal experience living on the West coast and then compared to say somewhere like Lethbridge or Red Deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah where the types of conversations I have are very different in Alberta different. Are, are would never happen here. I mean, maybe they would, but it's harder to find those people, or at least I'm not associated with them. Um, so yeah. like, obviously that's a very biased sample, but I can think of a handful of conversations I've had in Alberta where I'm just like, Oh my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's a rough like province. Like what? But I just, but then people also think BC is very liberal, which is also not the case. Like, I think once you're outside of even just like Metro Vancouver, it gets to be pretty redneck oh, yeah. or conservative, whatever, like pretty fast, you know? So it's not, yeah. I'm not saying it by any stress that that's. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if you can generalize by a whole province either. Like, yeah, you know, that's a big, but I think yeah. there is like, there is something to, um, people's resentment like if you're from a small town or you work on a farm or you're like rural people's resentment Mm -hmm. of like city folk as like kind of thinking they're better than them because there does there does tend to be this like moral judgment that comes along with like oh well i got an education and you're kind of like ignorant you know (laughs) oh so you think that generalization is true (laughs) No, I don't. I but I think oh, okay. <laughs> what what I think happens is like people get educated and then maybe like recognize some of the ignorance of their roots or their upbringing and then bring back all these judgments about it and then right. people, you know, like parents and family members get like really like I think it splits families. Yeah. People parents and family members are like well this like this is how my parents raised me and this is what we believe and you know and you think you're better than us now that you went and got your degree or whatever you know and I think I mean yeah I just think it's like a very complex conversation like it's a very complex and nuanced thing that I never really thought about much until recently. Cause I kind of just, I had all these assumptions that I just like, or these narratives that are commonly reproduced yeah. in right. the public sphere that I never really questioned until recently that I think are more problematic, you know? Really? Because I feel like, 
I, I think that surprises me a bit because I think I always felt like us, maybe we and some of my friends were like some of those exceptions that kind of like went against those generalizations. So I feel like I've, I've always had a sense that like, so, of course, they're unfair generalizations. Yeah. But I, and I think like, what are the chances? Yeah. Like what are the chances that you would be one of the few that went against this? You know, like <laughs> there's, what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that don't fit it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of, we kind of got off topic. We did. Um, <laughs> and but, I'm yeah, not I'm trying to make though, a judgment like, about what you said. I just, I'm just starting to like recognize it and hear it more. And then like, I'm trying to figure out like, what is a good way to talk about this and like this dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm, understand like, it. I'm just, I'm just curious, like what your journey was then, like, where, where would you have said you started in this case? <laughs> like you believe those um, narratives? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, okay. even to, like this idea, like, oh, Alberta or, 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 is like, so backwards sorry. and, right. you know, like people here are so ignorant I mean, obviously not me and not my friends and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Although I do get confused sometimes because I don't know anyone who voted for Jason Kenney, but he still won. Right. <laughs> so, oh, I know tons like, of people who did. Okay. Cause I'm, then I realize sometimes I'm like very much in a bubble, you know, mm. but mm -hmm. it's a pretty big, but like there's, there, yeah. there. It's. I think in in places where you see a lot of conservatism, also you see pockets of resistance that are very powerful. You know, right? And that yeah. that kind of. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what I to say with this. When um, when I lived in Red Deer and I worked at the church in Red Deer, I was surrounded by only those people. Okay. Like, only the conservative, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, uh, it's, for me, it's just refreshing and exciting every time I meet someone who does not, you know, ha believe that narrative or who does not, you know. Uh, and so for me, it is still kind of like finding a unicorn to find right. people yeah. like that because I was surrounded by it so much. Even my friends, even, right. you know, like a lot of people, not that everyone in Red Deer was like every now and then I would find someone who wasn't, you know, and the more I got to know some people, the more I found they actually weren't. But uh, so there so there was some of that, but like, but they probably also made animal sacrifices. So, you know, I totally. Yeah, you can't yeah. win them all. Uh, yeah, all of my but, friends do. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I partly I wonder if it's increasingly like a generational divide rather than a like hmm. a location divide. One of the examples I'm thinking about from Leftbridge was this conversation about homosexuality I had with one of the technicians at the research center. Um, 
who her first response was like, oh, that's unnatural. And like, not what God <laughs> meant. Like those parts aren't meant to go together. Um, like I'm pretty sure there's yeah, animals but, of every species that are gay. It is very common in the animal kingdom. Yeah. Um, and yet there's other, like my other technician and students that works for us were like very supportive of like gay rights and everything. So it was like a bit of a, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, Ugh, why does that not surprise me that Lethbridge would be this way? But on the other hand, it was like, oh, like there's obviously open-minded people here as well. Totally. So Yeah. I think growing up in such a narrow, like, black and white way of thinking, you know, good mm -hmm. and bad and yeah. right and wrong and this kind of thing. Um, I feel like it's a it's a big journey for me, kind of this journey into nuance and mm -hmm. understanding things as complicated. That wasn't something that I really had as a kid like i accepted the yeah. stuff i was told yep. pretty Same. pretty at face value for a long time yeah so when would you say you noticed the start of that journey or transition i don't know like i i like, actually, is it in the yeah. last year or two or was it like no, ago. I mean, I think it's been a very long journey, you know, because yeah. I think I noticed it in little ways. Yeah. And now I think it's more recently where I'm like, where kind of my, my thinking has gotten to the point where it's like, of course, everything is nuanced. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I think I, it's because I, a lot of times I'll catch myself in a thought pattern or it's like, Oh, well that person is just like that or, you know, and, and then, and then I'll catch myself and be like, no, like you don't, you actually mm -hmm. don't know anything about what's going on. Uh, yeah. But because, yeah, I think it's just something I'm trying to be more aware of and trying to work into kind of my deeper understanding of the world is just like how nuanced everything is and how nuanced every person is. Um, and so, yeah. And so, and things like this, like things, generalizations like that are just, I'm just, just trying to be more aware of that and what yeah. kind of narrative that kind of brings into the world and what are the effects of that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. At what expense? Mm -hmm. cares um can i answer your question too john yeah you, would you say you've also been on a similar journey yeah um except mine was more i was uh listening to an audiobook on tape by Brene brown oh i love her i know i can't remember which <laughs> book it was offhand but she talks a lot about nuance like one of her oh, okay. i remember i was driving I think driving back to Red Deer from visiting Candace and Steven for the weekend or something. Yeah. And I listened to it and it just like, she talks so much about nuance and how like not everything is these extremes and not everything mm. is black and white. And, and it was a big, like 
like I think I I knew that, but I never really acknowledged that before. And so it was kind of mm. like a big realization for me of like, oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it just clicked. And yeah, and I think it totally like Hannah said, it's it's a journey of like figuring out what nuance is looks like in this situation or in that situation. Right. But it's yeah, it was kind of a cool realization for me just listening to because she just gives all these examples of like you know, this isn't necessarily bad. This isn't necessarily good. Like there's more going on here. It was like, oh yeah, totally. (laughs) So yeah, that's, yeah. And now I'm coming to realize that's like literally everything. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And we just like crazy for a minute. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it, It is like, it is overwhelming though. I think there is a, a, point where you're like it is too much and then yeah like some of these like cut and dried things are useful if nothing else yeah i don't well, want to appreciate you <laughs> i appreciate that your first response was like i would like to see the data because you're such a statistician <laughs> you're like yeah. can we just like put people's like can we just plot people's uh beliefs on yeah this oh yeah 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 <laughs> well yeah i that's ex- i mean i it's funny because i like Maybe it is the science training in me now, but I think almost entirely in terms of distributions. And like, of course, <laughs> there's a variety. Of course, there's a range. Yeah. What is it? And how is it different? And how much? <laughs> like, yeah. can we say in general or like the average is this? Or is it actually, is that not true right. at all? Can you give me so. some hard data on what the means are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is the mean of your belief in Alberta? <laughs> Yeah, what's the mean belief? Um, Anyway, thank you so much for coming back on our show. It's always a joy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I loved it. Is there anything anything you would like to plug? Oh, uh, I had not thought about this. You don't have to. Everybody take more statistics classes. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. You should That's start that. out of nowhere if, if, none if of we cut out that part about statistics. Yeah. Um, you should start a statistics YouTube. A statistics what? TikTok. There's, there's TikTok. <gasps> you should do Some, it. But yeah, no, I, I probably won't. But yeah. <laughs> thanks. You could make millions. Mm. I'm actually going to do some searching on TikTok now to see if there is any one doing statistics yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, I talked about statistics in my last appearance on your episode. Or your yeah. As well. You did. <laughs> it's so useful for so many things. It yeah. is. It's a cool tool. Yes. So what did we learn in today's episode? Statistics. <laughs> um, also, just don't be bored. Just don't right. be bored. You know, not a bad lesson, actually. Yeah. No. Also, um, if you're a woman, your life sucks. Your job uh, is in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Karis, take us home. Yes. Okay, thanks everyone for listening to our episode. Thanks again, John, for coming. Uh, if you 
want to hear more about us and what we're doing, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Ideology Podcast. And make sure to check out our Patreon, Adventures in Ideology. Thanks for listening.